Welcome everybody to another episode of the King's Table, where it's all about bourbon. That was crazy. That's crazy. So, so his wife, like he says, if never told you. Yo, we go hiking. We go hiking. So I, I'm I'm expecting to say, yo, she's about to hike all of us. I done took pre workout. You <laughs> say <laughs> ain't gonna show me off. Right. Man, God bless her. She uh got to the she got to the first little incline, took a break. I'm like, where I started feeling good about myself. <laughs> like But he he, he he you know what one uh detail he left out of that. That's what I knew. However, she was supposed <laughs> to meet us up top and she just stayed there. And you know, yeah. I'm a parent saying <laughs> several times over. <laughs> so I'm like, uh yeah, okay, okay though. Okay, she, she was quite pregnant. She had one in the oven. Trying to climb, what was that, Crowder's? Crowder's. Yeah, Crowder's. Yeah. Crowder's. yeah. yeah that's one thing North. I, I really appreciate about North Carolina is, like, the amount of greenery and, like, nature there is here. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, everywhere, not everywhere. You got to drive a little bit. Yeah. But um, all the natural waterfalls, the uh, the mountains, the, the nature trails, and... Lord it be known, a lot of the trees out here are very protected, too. Yeah. Yeah, North Carolina is, is a beautiful state. Um, geographically, we got, like, the mountains two hours away, the beaches three hours away. That's that's the only thing I'm upset about is the beach being so far. Yeah, but, I mean, it's, it's close enough to where it's not even a – it's not a, a long drive, you know what I mean? All right, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Have you driven – yeah, yeah, so we drove to uh, Carolina Beach. Okay, I love Carolina um, Beach. And down to the, uh, is it Wrightsville? Wrightsville. Wrightsville, Wilmington. Wrightsville. Yep. Yep. Um, nah, it's, it's a, it, it, is, it is incredible. I, I like the drive, actually, down to Carolina Beach. Oh, I hate it. Really? It's, it's, bro, it's just a straight drive, 74 all the way. No yeah. Plan. But the thing I like about it is going through those little small towns and, yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah, see, yeah, yeah it's, it's it, I don't know. I you know what's like weird what's that? that I do as I'm driving? I'm Googling the towns that I'm mm-hmm. in. Yep. I do that. Super weird. But, um, but yeah, man, that. Charlotte, the Queen City, definitely, um, definitely a great place to be. Oh, yeah. Speaking of the Queen, uh, Queen City, Queen, Queen mm-hmm. City. Well, before we get into the Queen... <laughs> <laughs> what are we sipping on today, baby? <laughs> we sipping on some Long Branch by by Wild Turkey. Um, and this bourbon distillers. Yeah, I, I would say this is one of my favorites. Um, this one was crafted by Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. And it's got that, uh, the unique thing about it, it's got some tex- Texas mesquite wood that they've kind of aged this thing in. And so it gives a little bit smoky. Oh, yeah, man. Like this right here, this this is some good this solid oh, bourbon. Amazing. Yeah, this is dope. You could actually taste like it's very oaky, right? On the finish, but it opens up kind of like peppery. Then it then it goes into like a caramel almost flavor. Yeah. Then it finishes off like with that smoke. With that smoke earthy taste. Yeah. I yeah. appreciate it. It's a it's a good we first drunk this. Man, where did we go? We went somewhere and we got a bottle of this. I wanna say Nashville. I think it was Nashville. It's Nashville. And we killed that bottle. I think. That bottle didn't stand a chance. We got two bottles, as a matter of fact. You know what's crazy about Nashville? Nashville, all of us blacked out. 
I didn't black out. I think that was. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't black out. You were the first I, one to black I out. I don't remember black Hold out. Hold on. I'll call Sev <laughs> on the phone right now to verify this story. You were the first one hey, to black out. I don't remember black out. You were in the bar. Yo, we went to the, we went to a bar, and literally, we were the only black people in this bar, right? Yeah, but we, we didn't pay for no so drinks. We ain't pay for not a drink. Not one. Not a, he's over there hugging up with a, <clears throat> see, a fellow veteran. You see. You know what I'm saying? Having, you a gotta, bromance, having a bromance moment, shedding tears, right. are serving this great country. Thank you for your services. Hey. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, as <laughs> some of y'all may know, some of y'all may not know, my good brother here, Ken, is a veteran. Yeah, he I served am. these great United States of the Americas. And I appreciate United you, United States. Okay, well, let's get some applause Get going, some applause you know? going. Let's, let's see. Let's see. Yeah. If late, I do say myself, late, myself. But, uh, <laughs> my bad. I, I'll be more on point. Yeah, but um, but yeah. So we bumped into a fellow veteran, and they just kept on buying drinks and drinks. And mind you, we pre-gamed. I think we finished. Yeah. We topped off a bottle. Nah, because the, the two bottles that weekend were that uh, the Long Branch mm-hmm. and the El Mayor. El Mayor, which is a great amazing. tequila, absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. tequila. And uh, yeah, we had us a good time, man. So that was my favorite tequila mm-hmm. until I tasted it called. Tres Generaciones. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've had that. Yo. That's good. Amazing. That's pretty good. Hands down, my opinion, the best tequila. That's pretty good. Hands down. You know, I don't know what what I would say the best tequila is. For the longest time, 1800, because I was broke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You got a shorty with you to say, get that coconut. (laughs) Yeah, nah, that that 1800 silver. (laughs) Yo, and then back Dad, in the day, it was that Jose. You ain't, you wasn't polite to saying like mix it up with a little coconut, a little flavor. Nah, we made margaritas with that. Oh, you a jerk, bro. That's, that's like well vodka. <laughs> but nah, I don't know. I, I like El Mayor. I like Avion. Avion uh, and uh, Corda, I think it's one called Corazon. I think it's a. Uh, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I don't know. Once you start like, there's very few tequilas that you can actually taste flavor. Yeah. Other than that, it's just they all taste the same. It's all just yeah. either harsh, harsher, mm-hmm. or oh, this ain't that harsh. Yeah, I think gin is kind of like that too. There's very few gins that are like really they got a lot of flavor, a lot of character. The only two gins I think that got flavor, any mm-hmm. type of flavor, mm-hmm. is Bombay Sapphire. Yes, sir. And there's a um, not every Hendrix. It's a it's a specific Hendrix. Um. This specific Hendrix actually have like um, botanical flowers and stuff on it. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't remember the the edition name, but that's an amazing yeah. gin. Yeah, I like Hendrix. It, there's a Japanese gin I just bought. I can't even think of the name of it, yeah, and it was pretty good. <laughs> Japanese yeah. gin bottles. Yeah, they they all like yeah. that kind of <laughs> octagon looking bottle. Yeah. But yeah, it was good. It was, it was really good. So yeah, man. So we we are not by ourselves in the studio. <clears throat> We got an intern, unpaid. Unpaid, free. You know, underpaid. Sh- a shadow. Underutilized. A shadow, bring your friend to work day. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know. Well, the payment, there is payment. There is payment. There is payment. We pay her Listen, in bourbon. We pay in bourbon, and occasionally we go out for wings after. This is true. So you don't ever got to work. Anybody that want to intern, listen, hit us up, reach out to us. Yeah. To drink with us. That's right. Treat you to some wings. Send your resume to info at mykingstable.com. Thank you, sir. (laughs) (laughs) 
But nah, Natasha is with us tonight. She is our new intern. You know, we gonna uh, we giving her a lot of responsibility. You know, she's got to keep us on task. You know what I think the listeners should do? What's that? They should come up with like a list of things for her to do. Mm. Make a poll. Make a poll. Wait, what kind of put poll? it out to the listeners? What kind of poll? Not that kind of poll, but. Or like should, a vote and poll. Like a vote, yeah. Oh, all right. Okay, cool. And, you know, let's, let's let like the listeners, say, Whoa, brother, you know, gotta tell her what she should be Respect the queen doing. in the room. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but thank you, Natasha. We glad you're here. Absolutely. No, y'all can't hear her right now because we haven't gotten to the point where we trust her to be on the microphone. But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, what's on your mind? There's a lot of going on. Man, a lot of things a, going on in the world. A lot going on. Um, I think what's been like, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I, so we're not monetized yet. <laughs> we don't got yeah. no sponsors yet. May not be monetized so after I, this. I, I can speak my heart. Say what you want to say. I'm tired of hearing about this fucking queen, man. Tired of hearing about the queen. Tired of hearing about this lady that represented colonialism. Yeah. That represented colonization mm-hmm. two different things that represented shit slavery that represented somebody somebody said like yo slavery slavery to the to the british is as like they drink a cup of tea in the morning like yeah. that's just their nature yeah they definitely every, been a part every of nation especially you see it now coming out saying like yo fuck this monarch monarchy shit yeah fuck britain yeah. fuck the queen yeah. Um, and I didn't know how many, um, I guess I never really thought about it, mm-hmm. but how many nations and countries they fucked over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so when Elizabeth took the throne, one of the nicknames they gave for her was Queen of the World mm-hmm. um, because she, at the time, Britain, I, I want to say it was there was over 100 countries that that, you know, you know, were a part of the British, you know, colonies or whatever you want, the Commonwealth, so to speak. And, you know, I mean, a lot of people have adoration for her. A lot of people really don't like her, you know, for what her family stood for. I mean, you kind of have to go back in history. The fact of the matter is like the the Windsor dynasty or whatever started about, what is about a thousand years ago. And the British have colonized more countries than any other empire in the entire world so people are are right to be upset um and i've seen i I saw this guy uh his name is uh vladimir dutier he's a haitian he's a a son of haitian immigrants and he's on like cbs and he was there covering the funeral and he's like a history nerd or whatever that's how he got into journalism or whatnot and he he talked about that that kind of dichotomy between being haitian being, uh, you know, kind of from a country that, you know, they were kind of subjects to the French crown and, like, what it means to also want to, like, be a part of history, kind of speak to both sides of it. Mm-hmm. And um, I know it's kind of interesting. I, I don't know. For me, like I was telling, you know, I was telling uh, my wife about this. I'm like, I'm a history buff. I love history. Anything historical, I like to see it, especially see it happen. I, one of my favorite TV shows is actually The Crown. I love that show. However, I'm, I'm really indifferent to to the people. 
You know what I mean? Like, I don't really so, care about the so king. How, how can you en- enjoy a show but not appreciate that system? So that's the thing. I think that's the that's the paradox, right? Because it's like I don't support imperialism or colonialism really in any way, especially not in the way that it was before she, you know, started to kind of not – fight those who wanted to break away from the crown but for entertainment value yeah you know it's just a tv show i mean i watch a you know we we involve ourselves with a lot of things in america that you don't necessarily have to be personally aligned with you know what i mean i like game of thrones but i ain't in the incest yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying wait so. ain't you from alabama <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that, that's more of a West Virginia thing. <laughs> oh, but no, nah, I think it's interesting. I'm, I'm kind of glad to see people having these conversations now. Yeah, I, I'm just, you know? it's just unfortunate that uh, it's, it's almost like you you only see your family during funerals. Yeah. Right. I think that a lot more value should have been, all right, let me rephrase this. The conversation should have been happening before now, because now the shock value and yeah. all these conversations are just trending. Right, people's feelings are just trending feelings. Right, but I'm saying, what are we going to actually do? the The conversations of reparations should have been happening when she was alive. Yeah, right. Um, you're saying the new king now, uh, King Henry the Third, Charles. Charles. Yeah, Charles, uh, King Charles the Third. Um, he may not. He may not give a shit. <laughs> saying about. Yeah, I don't anticipate him giving <laughs> reparations. But as far as um, reparations, I think that's a very relevant conversation and, and a must-have conversation. Because look, just looking at the funeral, you see all the dignitaries and mm-hmm. you see all the gold and all the bro. They they robbed the whole earth. Yeah. <laughs> of gold. Absolutely. Jewelry history. I'm saying and, and and just a lot of valuables yeah and it's like these things are priceless mm-hmm. and they have a monetary value that y'all prance around and and so it's like y'all could keep that yeah <laughs> but yeah y'all gotta start making some payments yeah by, by way of reparations yeah that, i and mean it's I, hard to like mon- like figure out what that figure is right but i'm saying at least start the conversation yeah, I think it's a good conversation to have. And and honestly, I think one thing that you brought up is it's kind of priceless, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like, who can place the value on what these things are worth? For sure. For instance, like the, the crown jewels. Mm. I once read that the royal family generates like $38 million U.S. per year off of just the display of the crown jewels. That shit is crazy. Which they don't even wear unless there's a major ceremony like a yeah. coronation, and which is incredible. That's an incredible amount of money, and just to be sitting. Yeah, not not to mention like, so King Charles, you know he's got a son. Mm-hmm. He got two sons, right? The one that is next in line to be king, when his grandmother died, he inherited. Over one billion dollars of real estate, That's just from her passing away, Be- 
and and we gonna talk about planning and it's yeah, estate, estate planning. Estate yeah, yeah, planning. Yeah. You talk about some estate planning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take over some countries. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Conquer somebody. You know a fact that I learned about. What's that? Yo, this heifer owns all the dolphins in the ocean. Well, not now. Yeah, not but globally, but in the British, but, but yeah, in, in the, the British, British waters. System. Yeah, because in the, the so here's the thing that how you own how you own. How you own animals? Animals in their <laughs> so, habitat. So this is one of the things that that. So for me, like I'm, I do some. You know, I, I like to do stuff. Right? I like to be involved. So anyway, in America, we have a system. We call it the North American model of conservation, which basically what we said. Teddy Roosevelt started this, and basically he said like nothing belongs to any individual. No wildlife. No, you know, twelve ten percent of our actual land mass in the United States is owned by the people. And the whole Commonwealth, the crown owns every single animal, every single tree. That shit is crazy. Right? And to the point where, like, just the laws are different around that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. You can't now, even how- cut down a tree. Technically, if, if you were to cut down a tree in London, right, the queen may not sign off on it, however. But, like, if you got permission to do that, technically, that permit comes from the desk of Monarch. Yeah, that's crazy. Whereas in America, all I got to do is go down to the county and be like, hey, I'm cutting down the street. Or just cut down the damn Yeah, tree. just cut it down. <laughs> hell, if you live in Cabarrus County, you can do whatever the hell you want to. Godly. Well, but we're so different. Yeah, it's super different. I think I think it's um, it's definitely stuff that we need to think about Yeah. Um, as far as like with the whole estate planning. Yeah. What are we leaving behind for our children to inherit? Right. Um. So there's, there's a lot that we could learn from. And shit, we need to start colonizing some place too, some places. I mean, there's nothing stopping us. Even when you think about, and you just bought a new firearm too. I did, but even when you think about England, you ready? I'm ready. Jeez. I'm ready. But think about England for instance. So the last country. You try not to get us canceled. <laughs> no, but but I love the historical because the thing is like when things like this happen in 2022. The first thing we do is we turn to black Twitter because it's the most entertaining yet desolate place. Hilarious. Yeah. It's the funniest place. It's the most desolate place yeah, yeah, yeah. in the entire planet. Man, I didn't even know there was an Irish Twitter. Yo. Your Irish Twitter was on fire. <laughs> Irish Twitter was lit. They've been lit. Uh, There's a movie called Belfast. Mm-hmm. You should check it out. It kind of talks about the, the, the divide between Northern Ireland mm-hmm. and, you know, Ireland proper. How one of those wanted to be part of the crown, but also there's like this religious divide. It's a really, really great movie. But anyway. The Belfast? Yeah, Belfast. Belfast. The last country, if I'm correct, to separate from the crown by force, military force, was Ethiopia, who was, you know, at the time was led by Haile Selassie, Mm -hmm. right? And that's how he became. You said by force, because I was going to say that Jamaica was. Mm -hmm. Bahamas was yeah. the last. But they didn't I don't they didn't go was to war with Britain. True, 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 yeah. true. They just decided they didn't want to be a part of the Commonwealth. Right? Just like Barbados recently did, mm-hmm. right? But if you think about it, the British they took over all these countries by force. You know, they went in, they colonized, they won military battles and this and that. And like I'm confused by the people that just found out about the crown mm-hmm. on Twitter. And now they got a whole lot of stuff to say. But it's like, 
the entire continent of Africa did not come together to form an African Union mm-hmm. to kick out the colonizers. In fact, yeah, that's, that's heartbreaking. They're so inviting bad. more colonization, this time coming from China, mm-hmm. right, and Russia. So as much as us American blacks, we got the privilege to sit back and say, well, we don't live under a system of colonization. Fuck the queen. But those people that live in Africa, not only have they been colonized for hundreds of years by the crown, mm-hmm. now they're allowing okay. themselves to be raped by the Chinese. Mm-hmm. Right? And we sit back here pointing our fingers, talking shit, but we ain't going to help them out. And your Twitter fingers is definitely not going to help China not come take all your resources. You know, so, so what's the remedy to that? Move, move back? No, like, like, like Holly Selassie said, or Marcus Garvey. It, it wouldn't do. You know, I feel like Africa, and this this may be controversial, but I feel like the continent of Africa, they don't need American blacks to move back, because we would only hold them back, because I don't think we add value to them. I I I disagree. Mm-hmm. Um. I agree, but I disagree. I agree on the on the level of Black Americans will never understand African yeah, culture. Right. I think that there's a lot of value that we could add as Black professionals to go there to say, okay, well, this is how you do X, Y, and Z. This yeah. is how you this is how you build a road. This is how you. Um, build a doctor's office. This is how you build a house. This is how you um, build a political structure. I'm saying from grassroots that's supporting locally and locally is going to support the next level of government. And and this is how we build. This is how we build community. Right. But the biggest fight will always be culture. Yeah. That's the thing. (laughs) They different. Yeah. So, so we live under Niggas ain't eating with their hands. No, nah. <laughs> we we have a very different type of culture, right? Which, you know, if you live, so you know, we know people that are Native Africans that live here now, mm-hmm. and they all say the same thing: like, "Damn, y'all got it good," mm-hmm. because it's cute on Instagram to say I moved back to Africa, but then when you read some of these people's stories and what they have to navigate. Right, like there's a, I won't give them no press here, but there's a certain individual who has gained a lot of notoriety for moving to Ghana mm-hmm. over the past couple of years. And he, you know, he puts a lot of his information on Instagram, how he's trying to get people to come over and this and that. But then he tells a story last year about how he was trying to get back home because he needed to come to New York for a reason. Mm-hmm. When he got to the airport, he had to pay thousands of dollars to get through customs which customs is free. Had to pay thousands of dollars to get through this customs. This was in Ghana? This was coming out of Ghana. Okay, that's why. <laughs> you know what I mean? They they took his passport. I got passport. a Haiti story for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got a Haiti they story. They took his passport. They blackmailed him, right? But he puts up his pictures of, you know, how they made him a king in one of the villages or whatnot. But once he starts to tell the story of the corruption and the strong arming, like, that's stuff that we don't have to deal with here, Right? on that level to where somebody's going to point an AK-47 at your head and say, you can't leave this neighborhood or you can't leave this country without me getting your money. Mm-hmm. You know, but then we like, oh, yeah, let's go back. Like, well, before you go back, understand what you're going back to. Because mm-hmm. that, that's, some, yeah, that's, that's a, a different level of, 
I don't know. I mean, I, America ain't the it ain't all peaches and cream, but I think know. it's how you move and how you operate too, and and who you go to these countries with. Yeah. Um, same exact thing happened. I was not traveling wise, mm-hmm. but um, I was trying to get custody of my siblings. Yeah. And you know, like the, it's a free process, mm-hmm. but I paid. Thousands and thousands <laughs> of dollars just for signatures. Like I'm in the courthouse, bro. I'm in the courthouse, Word. and they just smelt American all over me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying like it's a wrap. So when I when I travel to like third world country, to Haiti, you know yeah. saying like I just wear cargo shorts and a white tee, yeah. extra regular. I'm, I'm as regular as they come. Throw some dirt on my ankles, nigga. I've been out here. I'm out here. Don't put no lotion on. <laughs> so um no deodorant. I don't wash my atmosphere. No, I was joking. I was joking. <laughs> so so I'm in the court. I'm in the court. And they're like, well the clerk, the clerk's gonna be in in a second, but you gotta put something in the envelope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm like Or else that clerk ain't coming out. Yeah, so I'm like, uh what you mean? So we speaking in Creole, I got a heavy accent, American yeah. accent. So I'm saying like, <laughs> so I'm like, wait, what you mean put something in the envelope? Mm-hmm. And they're like, what, you don't understand? <laughs> so I'm like, no, nah, I understand. <laughs> like, you want to put like my information in the envelope? <laughs> they're like, nah, let's not play stupid. Mm-hmm. So now I'm getting offended and nervous. Right. Security, they had, I'm telling you, they had like AKs. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not going to turn up. However... I need to know what you're talking about. Yeah. And like, yeah, so to see the clerk, you got to slide him $1,000. So I'm like, shit. And you don't have like, a choice. And like, or you could you could sit down and wait. I'm looking at everybody <laughs> sitting there. Yeah. Bro, they look like they've been sitting there for weeks. Right. Like, in the they same got spot. sleeping bags. They got sleeping bags. <laughs> <laughs> they got their breakfast and lunch with them. <laughs> so I'm like, God damn. So I was prepared. Right. You know what I'm saying? So. Slid him the envelope, and that was the clerk. And like, so you gonna go see this other person before you go see the judge, because mm. they got what the letter that he's gonna give me got to get stamped. Right. The clerk gave me the letter, the paperwork or whatever, got it stamped. Well, then went to go see this other person to get the paperwork stamped. Yep. And they're like, "Oh yeah, it's gonna be two thousand dollars." So I'm like, "Oh, I already paid." Mm-hmm. And he's like. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, no, no. So he's like, yeah, two thousand dollars, yo. By the end of everything, fam, I pay seven thousand dollars just for paperwork. American dollars. American dollars. Golly. Just for paperwork. Golly. Paperwork. That's part of that that deal. Living in those How, types of however, countries. However, however, because I'm saying like I didn't know. Right. I didn't know the, the system yet. Right. I knew it was playing me. Mm-hmm. So when I told my my uncle. Saying he went in there blazing, yeah, blazing, yeah, gun out, blazing. Mm-hmm. Then everybody's like, "Yo, he's a good man. He has a big heart." Mm-hmm. And everybody else, you saying they knew what, what I was there for, they kept on complimenting me, saying, yeah. "Yo, you a nice guy. You got a big heart." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "What? This ain't normal." Like, <laughs> but yeah, man, they still took my little. They took your <laughs> took money. My little money. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all, y'all let and them I, know about it. And I and I ain't getting none of that shit back. Yeah. And don't be waiting on no check. Nope. But, you know, that's the thing. Like, that's part of the deal. Like, I was um, 
I was thinking about this story um, on the way over here. There's a lot of protests going on in uh, Iran mm-hmm. right now. Major, major protests in the streets, especially with the young people. And uh, it all kind of stems from this case of this young lady. She got pulled over by the, um, the basically, I guess you would call them like the fashion police if we were doing it in the joking sense. Mm-hmm. But essentially, they're like modesty police. And so... You know, in Iran, you should wear a hijab if you're a woman. That's kind of like part of the Sharia law or whatnot. They've been protesting that for some time now. They have. And it's intensified because this young lady, she got taken into custody. She There's video of her in the police station, and she collapsed, and she died. Mm. And she was like 24, I think it was. You know, clean bill of health, this and that. She collapses. She dies. All because she didn't wear a hijab. And now the the Hold kids up, she, are in the street. She died because she didn't wear her job? Well, she died she 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 was taken into custody. Because I, because she didn't have a thought, she didn't wear her job. I was about to say I yeah. was I'm saying strike your women dad yeah. ain't wearing her jobs, brother. I don't I mean, I don't know. But now the question is like, how long do they live like how long does that system hold? Yeah. So I I, I, I think in, in all of these instances and stories, you know what I'm saying, like, situations, it's important to to build community. Because, you know I'm saying, like, going to these countries and trying to give back and yeah. be productive members of these communities and these local societies, yeah. there's only so much that we could do without being connected. You know I'm saying, if you're connected and you're in community, you're, yeah. you're building with people that are effective in these places, they ain't going to be able to take advantage of you. Because all you got to do is make a phone call and they're going to be at your door. Or the, the natives there yeah. are going to be able to have more of a say. Well, I, I think more so what my point is, is that we have it pretty good here. Oh, hell fucking yeah. Right? So you think about, um, for instance, the people who rioted at the Capitol in January 6th, right? Like those people, really, they got all pretty easy. I mean, they got some, you know, some of them got some jail sentences and stuff like that. It's all bullshit, brother. But let them have been in, you know, I don't know, Iraq. A liberated country, Iraq. They probably would have been hung. You know, or let them be in a country like fucking Libya, you know. And here's the sad part. Mm -hmm. Let that have been some black people. Let it have been some black people. Yeah, but even as black people, but think even as black people, right, as a minority in America, you could literally get on a public platform and talk about colonization, imperialism. You ain't raiding the Capitol, though, bro. Yeah, you might not raid the Capitol. However, you have freedom of speech. Yeah, freedom of speech, cool. If you're a minority. They broke into I get that. (laughs) That's an extreme case. But let you be a Uyghur in China. They've literally rounded up all the Uyghurs in China, which is a, a minority group. They put them in concentration camps, right? They literally have facilities where they're teaching them to not be Muslim, right? Right. right? Forced. That's being forced on them. Same thing with the bunks. Yeah. And we, we as a nation, we still do business with Chinese people. I mean, what the hell? We do, everybody's in bed with China. But Shit, I had some Chinese food today. Right. But, I mean, at the same time, it's like, you couldn't get away with that shit here. You know what I mean? And so that's one of the things where it's like, America definitely has its flaws. 
But once she started looking around, it's like, yo, you know what I mean? Like, yo, this shit is like, uh, I'll take this, I'll take this cup of nasty soup before I eat shit somewhere else. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I got, I mean, I'm just, cause that's how we, we raised under the system. I feel it different. Like I, I hear what you're saying. Um, I, I could live. I could live without the government mm-hmm. and this or any society, I feel. So you, anarchy. Yeah. Okay. I can. Okay. I, I think that I I really love and appreciate what I have. Mm-hmm. I value it. Right. And I honor it. Right. But if it went away, I'm not going to cry. Right. Because I've lived in situations where I had no electricity or right. running water. Of course. And we ate food from the yard. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying like, <clears throat> because I've, I've learned to appreciate living without. Yeah. This system don't mean nothing because uh, again, and, and you know, I'm very boisterous. Yeah. I like to, I'm very opinionated. I like to speak how I feel. Right. It may not work everywhere. Um, but we gonna have a fight on our hands mm-hmm. if you try to silence me, right? Or if you try to embarge on my freedom, no matter where I am. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just saying that because I ain't in that situation. It could yeah. be. It could be. <laughs> you say two o'clock in the morning, people knocking at my door. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's an interesting conversation because it's gonna be a gunfight, though. Yeah. I mean, because if you because I'm an American, goddamn it. That's right. Because we got more guns than everybody. You're goddamn right. Goddamn there's there's more guns it's it's kind of a it's kind of a straw man stat but there's far more guns in america than there are people people but the thing is like fun fact go ahead there's 20 million ants per person yeah that's not a fun fact that's some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's true. It's, it's a fun fact. It's fact. I know it's a fact. There ain't no bullshit, brother. It is BS. Are you are you devaluing the life of an ant? Here's the thing. So if I said I'm trans ant, you're gonna devalue my life? Am I less than because I'm trans ant? Yeah, you should be stomped on. Or either somebody should spray you with some rain. Yeah, hey, <laughs> <laughs> to my trans community, <laughs> I think we need to come together and stand up for. <laughs> nah, for ants are wonderful creatures, you know. But I don't, I mean, I don't know, man. I just think we uh, <laughs> we got to take a second look before we start. Because here's the thing, even if in, a, in America where, like, yo, it's it can be trash sometimes. So what do we do then, bro? I think what we do is you either get involved in, in a way that you can make some type of, like, you know, real change. Mm. Or... Give me an example. So, for instance, like... Um, Okay, here's here's a real a real life example. So, and when Roe versus Wade, mm-hmm. when that decision was first made by the Supreme case, the religious right started opening up schools. They didn't directly open up their schools to be anti-abortion. However, they opened up their schools to, you know, to you know keep God. I'm doing air quotes if y'all can't see me. Keep God in the schools. And then over time, they started raising money, right, for a very specific thing, which is to to put Supreme Court judges on the bench 
who would eventually overturn Roe versus Wade. This is 50 years ago they started this process. And once they got the right president in office, they threw their money behind the person who said, I will do this mm -hmm. if you give me your vote. I like where you're going with this. They did something what Dr. Claude Anderson calls powernomics, mm -hmm. right? In real life. Yo, this, salute to Dr. Claude Doc, Anderson. Yeah, Dr. Claude Anderson wrote the blueprint on how to overturn Roe versus Wade. The difference is, it's the blueprint to all American politics. The thing is, the black people don't follow it. Bro, the economic blueprint. Yeah. Political blueprint. Community yeah. blueprint. That's it. Yeah. We don't follow it. Yeah. He's one of us, and he wrote the book, but we don't follow that, that guideline. And what's crazy is he advised, was it four presidents yeah. he advised? Yeah. So he knows something. He's brilliant. <laughs> he knows something. He, he's brilliant. But I think that's how you do it. Number one, I, I think of anything that I read in that book was just the, that I really took away was just a section where he talks about putting the money behind your vote. Mm -hmm. Right? Because if you think about the Jewish community, especially in New York, mm -hmm. they organize very tightly. They put their money together. And they ain't out marching either. They ain't out marching, and that dollar circulates in that neighborhood for nine days. Yep. You take... Take the white community, right? It's not so much that they got such a tight community. However, if you look at conservative white people, they have chosen to vote on one or two issues. And it don't matter whether it's, it's you know, gun control. They're against gun control, right? So they like pro-Second Amendment. And they're very conservative about things like abortion and this and that. And they can literally vote on one thing. They could have a candidate that stands up there and says, I'm anti-abortion, but I believe in the Teletubbies. And they'll vote for his ass mm -hmm. over somebody else who has, like, a 10-point plan of all these things they're going to do. But if you can, you know, they can put their money behind somebody that has money. where your mouth is. Yeah, and we don't do that. Nope. That's why Democrats keep getting put, over on us. Put money on our feet. Put money on your feet. And our necks. And your wrists. And our wrists. And then you, you know. And our cars. That's right. We yeah. be fly. We be fly. Ain't, no, yo, ain't nobody fresher than some niggas. Yeah. Ain't nobody fresher than a brother in the casket. Damn. That's, That's some it. real shit. I was going to say the strip club, too. Yeah. That's what you call circulating the black dollar. Yeah. Get the black dollar. Mm-hmm. Well, you get the dollar from the man. Right. Or from your uh, <coughs> black clientele's figure. Yeah. But we don't own the Waffle House. Yeah, but you getting the drugs and you pushing it to your black clientele. Yeah. So that's black dollars. You getting yeah. black dollars, giving it black, giving it back to the black community. Yeah, but once you go to the Waffle House, it's gone. Well, you understand? there's always black employees at the Waffle House. Yeah, but ownership. True indeed. You know? I mean, so, I don't so know. The, so the point is this, right? To your point. Yeah. We ain't going to be shit until we start directing our dollars. That's fact. So, so all, all of this, and I'm saying, like spending, spending frivolously, I'm saying like fre fresh as fuck, but broken, powerless. Right. That's a problem because we don't own nothing. No, we don't. Um, Killer Mike, I'm saying like that the, that show Trigger Warning. I think trigger Warning. Yeah. Like he was the concept of build of of only buying black. Yeah. Like everything has to be sourced black. Everything has to be black. It's nearly black impossible. It's impossible, bro. Yeah. 
Because even them saying, like, the, the saddest thing, the black restaurant that he went to, which was black-owned, yeah, he was only able to eat the collard greens because the only collard greens were sourced by a black, black, uh, black farmer. Yeah. Outside of that, it's like, yo, we don't own nothing. It's very difficult. So, so, so like, like you said, look at every other community. They're yeah. able to, them saying, like, buy politicians. Right. They're able to, them saying, have politicians in their pockets because they're putting money up. Yeah. I'm saying so like if if you want to run for office oh we got you yeah but here's our list that's right here's our agenda and if you ain't gonna fulfill this now nah, we ain't gonna mess with you yeah. you know yeah. I, I think we got a little bit of hope though i and don't see it bro so here's what i think i think that this next like this gen z or whatever and, and i don't necessarily agree with a lot of especially their social politics i don't necessarily agree with a lot of it um, but they are indifferent to like career politicians, but they get excited about people like AOC and all these folks who have more of a Marxist ideology, yeah. but they get the, they, they get behind those folks. I'll be know? honest with you, bro. Mm-hmm. As long as there's this two party system, we're always going to fail. Oh, we're done. That's the yeah. first thing we, if we could, if we could press reset. That's what I would change. Because I, I think the when you and I met, yeah, when you and I met, I told you I wasn't a Democrat, right? You know what I'm saying, um, and <clears throat> I say I say that proudly because I support Democratic uh, yeah. candidates, mm-hmm. but I also support Republican candidates, right? You know I'm saying I, I want you to earn my vote. That's like, right. What are you gonna do for me and my community? Yeah. What are you gonna do for me and my family? Right. Like what what values do we share? Facts. What ideals do we share? If we don't share any ideals, no values, then Democrat not, I'm not gonna rock with you, period. Right. So yeah. what I'm saying I think especially historically, the Democratic Party has been doing us worse than than, than any other organization, yeah. any other party. And we need to move away from that. So, yeah. so like I think the conversations should be now. Cool. Let's 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 start forming these packs mm-hmm. and raising money, right? Let's let's form these packs. Let's raise the money and say, hey, we don't need to have a specific agenda, but we're gonna come out and vote as a people, right? And these are the the three things that's most important to us, right? It doesn't have to be a list of a hundred things. Yeah. These are just the three things. Let's grab their attention. Because yeah. the money's gonna talk. And once we get those three things, all right, cool. This is who we want in office. Yeah. To 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 make sure and hold you accountable to these things. But nah, there's more. Mm-hmm. There's more after these three things. Yeah. I'm I mean, I, I don't know. I just I don't think that I I don't, I don't know. I don't want to be nihilistic about it. I just don't see it happening because we're we're too con- we're too concerned with uniformity mm-hmm. and not enough with unity, right? Because here's the thing: we can all go forth, okay, like being a part of a team, right? Like if you've ever played a sport or you've been a part of a team, everybody has a different role. Mm-hmm. Like if you play football. There's literally like a different nutritional program for position groups. For sure. You work out different, right? You practice differently. You got different ways that you will call a game. 
However, when you get on that field, we're all going toward the same goal, right? See, that's the problem, though. What that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. We, we're too concerned with uniformity. So you got people, like, for instance, Democrats right now could literally be the, like, they could change this country politically in a snap of a finger. The, different, the thing is, though, they are the party of the big tent. So, like, the ideology in that party is very diverse. And so if Joe Manchin can't keep his freaking coal plants in West Virginia, right, and AOC can't keep a super liberal social policy in New York City, they're not going to vote mm-hmm. for a moderate Joe Biden plan, right, because it doesn't fit what their personal and local ideology is, which means nothing gets passed, right? But you take some Republicans, and it's like, why we want to build a wall? That's the president's slogan. We'll pass it. It's that simple, right? Because it fits their agenda of kind of, like, unfortunately, it looks like they they kind of want, like, this kind of nationalist, religious type of, Country. I mean, like, they want us to look a lot like Hungary right now, right? Which is a country where, essentially, like in Hungary, uh, Viktor Orban, who is the president, he's backed by all these American conservative political groups, right? We literally send money there. Let's, let's park here real quick. Okay, let's park here. Park here real quick. Okay, my bad. I'm going down a rabbit hole. You're a very smart man. Okay. That's all I wanted to say. Well, thank you. <laughs> You know every country's president. No, I don't. Absolutely not. You know at least 80%. Absolutely not. But I digress. What they've done is they've put money behind this man to see if they can actually put in a strong man, you know, empowering the country. He became president. This guy just passed a law, right, basically giving benefits to young Hungarians who will not only move back to the country, but who will stay there and have children, right? Because after World War II, as they, you know, were part of the, so- the Soviet Union and all of that, people started moving out of that country, mm-hmm. right? There's more Hungarians that live in the Midwest of the United States in the 1990s than there was that live in Hungary. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So what is they, their population is dying. They're getting old. They're dying out. Birth rate's low. So now if you have a baby in Hungary, you get all kind of tax breaks, mm-hmm. If you have two babies, you get more. And if you have four, you don't even pay taxes. But I'll be honest with you, bro. You know, if you're Mexican, or yeah, if you're Mexican, mm-hmm. you get the same benefits here. Not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> not true. What's the difference? Not true. But the thing is, though, what they've done is they've said that self-preservation is the first law of survival. For sure. And I can't knock that. I can't knock it either. But I, I think, like black, being black American, we're at such a disadvantage because there is no nationality. There you go. So you can't really hold anything, or hold. There's no accountability besides the fact, hey, I'm human. Recognize me as a human. Yeah. And a U.S. citizen. But if we put our money together, that's the only way it's going. Because even like, as a community, mm-hmm. as a community. Yeah. Not nationality, but as a community, right. the the LGBT, the alphabets. I'm saying LGBTQ plus, LGBTQ plus. 
as a community, they've been very, very successful in moving their agenda forward. Right. In every facet. Because they put their money together. Because they put their money together. And they have their agenda. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And one thing about it is once they, they, they believe in a certain form of gradualism, mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it, the first thing was just, you know, gay marriage. Right. You know what I'm saying? Once that got passed. It's the floodgates. <laughs> yeah. Now we're talking about, you know, trans rights and, you know. I mean, it's, it's just one of those things where it is a blueprint that we have not followed. And I don't know. I, like said, I don't have high hope for yo, us. Yo, you said World War II, right? Let me ask you a question. Yeah. So we are about to enter World War Three. Are they still drafting people for wars nowadays? There's still something called selective service in the United States. What's that mean? That means that when you turn 18, and you, if you're a male, you fill out this little paper. But it's optional. Selective service is... So here's the thing. Technically, we don't have a draft. Mm-hmm. We don't have conscription in this, comp- in this country. However, you got to remember that the commander-in-chief can make an executive order on anything that pertains to national security. Okay. So... While we don't have conscription, that's why when you turn 18, you fill out that selective service paper, because if they need you, they'll call you. Bro, I don't see no Gen Zs or millennials fighting. Nah. No one. <laughs> they, they don't have that, that, that national identity. You know, they, nah, not at all. They'll, nah, the not. most they could do, like, you take, you take, like, the kids that, that know how to shoot guns. Yeah. Which is a very small number. Or that even has any level of bravery or heart. Very small number. Yeah. But we be doomed, man. We better stay in this. Uh, it's a big problem. <laughs> I mean, you know. But yeah. they're not drafted. Unless if the. the Unless, yeah, they need to. That's crazy. You know, the thing is like the, the military right now is having a problem with rec- recruitment. Mm-hmm. Um. It's unfortunate. I mean, so from my perspective, I mean, I'm like I said, I, there's certain reasons why I appreciate what we have as Americans. And I'm an American. I I feel sad about but I am an American. You are. Proud American. I'm I'm a pretty proud American as I, well. I was upset that they broke into our capital. Mm-hmm. He's the United States. Well, there you go. I wanted to be there. <laughs> see what you can steal. <laughs> to see what I can steal. <laughs> nah, I think it's a big problem, man. We don't have any national. We have no form of national unity. And so, we, so let me ask you a question. Yeah. Yes, there's no national form of unity. Yeah. So breaking that down into on on a smaller level, mm-hmm. like, do you feel that you're prepared if we were to go to war? Like World War Three with Russia? Yeah. What can prepare you for that? What can prepare you for that? Uh, being able to live without water, <laughs> without electricity. Here's what I say. If World War Three, and, and what we're, let's be frank, what we're talking about is nuclear war. Yeah. We're talking about what they call so this, war. So there's no electricity, there's no water. It doesn't matter. You could have all the MREs, all the My Patriot supply in your house. If we go into a nuclear a hot nuclear bro, war. I get it, but you, you gonna you're you not surviving that. You're going to be around for a couple of days, bro. Okay, what does months. it matter? A couple a, months. You're not going to survive a couple. If we have, think about it like this. 
Russia has more nuclear weapons than any other country on this planet. And they also and have the largest landmass, so they're everywhere. And they're partnered with China. In some sense, yeah. But I don't think we're going to have that, that hot war that everybody's afraid of. So it's going to happen. They're shooting out satellites. I mean, yeah, we're, we're shooting them up too. All right, so, so that's my point, though. So the first thing that's going to go is electricity. Yeah. Make a, I know how to make a fire. All right. So there's no technology. Okay. There's no lights. Okay. There's no way to store food. Right. So are you prepared? Would you be able to live a life that's completely different than the way you live now? I, I trust that I could survive for at least a short term. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. I, I can, if, if push come to shove, let's say the lights went off for 30 days. Mm-hmm. Right. I am confident that as long as I got a couple tanks of gas, my family would be okay. In the sense of, you know, we, we do so, have adequate tools to ensure survival, or at least on a short ter- short-term basis, yeah. Okay. So would you try to form a community, or would you just be family-oriented? I would try to. Preserve your family. So, of course, your first thing is self-preservation, mm-hmm. right? But at the point where somebody who I try to say, look, if we pool our resources together, at the point where somebody is either going to be a burden on me, mm-hmm. right, or they're not going to get with the program, and the, and if I have a skill that they don't have mm-hmm. and they don't want to do it my way just because it's not, you know, I don't really like birds. <laughs> okay. I've ate birds three yeah. nights in a row. <laughs> go, go forage. It ain't got no salt. <laughs> yeah. Go forage. Yeah. Right? Get out of my way, cause now you're holding us back. So you gonna off them? Uh, no, I'm not gonna off them, but I'm but coming back. Well, yeah, security is one of the, the lowest. The security is one of the first needs in Pavlov's hierarchy, right? And and as I said, we have certain tools available to us that can ensure our security, <laughs> right? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yo, I, I hate so. talking to you on the mic sometimes. <laughs> I, I, I I hate when. When we hit record, and y'all <laughs> politically correct. Nah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it don't it don't well, take. Well, we do uh, have some tools. Hey, look, to it's like it's like Tip said. Our security. Tip said one time, everything understood don't need to be explained. Nah, for sure. But for but sure. not nah, here. That's a good question, though, right? Because there's certain things that we need to be able to do, mm-hmm. right? First of all, I believe we all should be able to be at least proficient with at least two different types of firearms, right? One for personal security and one that could, could serve a dual purpose, mm-hmm. you know, like killing an animal or, or killing somebody that's not up close on you, mm-hmm. right? Like use, be able to use a rifle, be able to use a pistol proficiently, right? I think we all need to be able to do little things like, I don't know, make a fire, right? And there's enough tools available to us that, you don't have to do the, You don't have to rub a stick like this Yo, bro, to make a fire. That ain't my strength. I still use gas and yeah. charcoal fluid. Well, I, that's you know that's that you. might not be a. You know you can make charcoal. I'm talking about the, the the fuel. 
the the oh the lighter yeah, flu. The lighter flu. Yeah. yeah. So like if shit hits the fan, I'm well, snatching all them shits up. Well, yeah. That that's, that's what I'm saying. Like I I think most people are resourceful enough to like yo. Like if shit hits the fan, first thing we gonna do is loot. That's why people loot mm-hmm, mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. things go crazy, right? But they grab milk. I was just about to say that. <laughs> they grab all the parents. TVs. TVs. <laughs> Louis Vuitton. <laughs> Next time there's some looting going on. Next time there's some looting going on. Like I'm going to REI. I'm yep, going to Home yep, Depot. Yep, yep, yep. I'm going to Bass Pro Shops. Because yep. they got the stuff you need to survive. Big facts. You definitely need a grill. You need a grill. And you need propane tanks. You might need some propane tanks. Mm-hmm. You might need some guns. Some wood. Some knives. Mm-hmm. Or some some fire starters. Fire starters. There you go. Right? They got rechargeable lighters. Mm-hmm. Like, I got this rechargeable lighter that you charge it with, like, a USB. Mm-hmm. It will light, like, 20,000 times before it goes oh, out. That shit's fucking crazy. It's windproof. It's damn near waterproof. Right? And I just to test it out, one time I went fishing, and I just scraped some bark off of this tree. Yeah. It was kind of wet. And I lit it for a couple seconds, and that shit caught fire. So this is what we're going to do, and I hope you can take notes. So we're going to reach out to them for sponsorship, and we're going we're going to have a whole episode on surviving. We can, hey, we can do that. I'm, I'm all about some survival stuff. We got to be so, able to do something. So so my, my, my point, to, to kind of <clears throat> bring us back to the point, mm-hmm. right? We are in dire need of survival right now. Yeah. Whether it be World War Three, whether it be just the black community, yeah. um, we need to learn how to utilize each other's gifts and talents yeah. and not see each other as competitors, not see each other as somebody that's going to take all my snicker bars. Right. Because you know what I mean? Like, right. So I'm saying, like, <clears throat> we need to be able to find, yeah, just find community, man. Yeah. And if, and if, the decision is like, yo, let's go to the continent. Mm-hmm. We gotta go as a community, yeah. so we're not being taken advantage of. Yeah, that's right. There's, there's many of us, right, that is here and that are coming, right. I'm saying so. If you gonna take advantage of me, you gonna hear from, yeah, not just me, but for some of my brothers, we gonna, right, we gonna come, yeah, <laughs> we gonna come knock at your door. Yeah, we need that. Um, but on the on the survival tip, like, yo, like. Stop making those friends now. Because mm-hmm. I already scoped out my neighbors. Right. Who's. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Miss Miss Mary, I hope you carry your groceries yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, I don't know. I'm so man. sad that your husband died 30 years ago. <laughs> I'm here to help you, though. Know? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think um, you, you do bring up a good point. And one thing I think that we have to learn is we have to learn to walk away from people. Mm. Because even, so if you're a Christian, if you're a Christian um, and you've read the New Testament, there's a parable where Jesus is talking about, um, basically it's, it's like a metaphor for sharing the gospel. And he basically says, look, if you if you meet somebody, right, it's your job, you know, you you spread the word, you tell them the word. And if it falls on dry ground, you, you dust your sandals off and you keep moving. You know, Satan, get thee behind me, right? 
And I think we don't do that enough. We're not willing to say, I'm going somewhere, y'all can't go, and y'all don't make my journey no better, mm. and I'm leaving you behind. And it's not a bad thing. It's, it's not, it doesn't have to be like we're, sh- you know, like shitting on somebody. Damn, bro, is this you breaking up with me? I don't know what that was. That's That's outside. Oh shit! That was a that was a (laughs) missile. Oh shit! We done prophesied it. (laughs) Called it in. Left behind. Oh man! But no, I think. But hold on, um, say you breaking out with me? You leaving me? No, I ain't leaving you because you you got you got you got some uh, resources that could be very helpful in times of crisis. And I've seen I've seen you, and and I understand that you're proficient, you know, in the art of Second Amendment. Administration, yes, sir. But no, nah, I think. I'm glad I beat the cut. <laughs> but no, nah, I think we got. I ain't gutting no animal. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Let me get that for yeah, you. I, I leave you. that to you. But no, nah, I just think we, um, you know, we we sometimes have to be able to tell people, not even tell them. You don't even know it to them. You're, you're absolutely not. Just keep it moving. Absolutely. And to to your point, I think that we've been we've been down so much, right? when we find somebody that we click and connect with and yeah. we feel good about, yeah. they make us laugh, yeah. but I'm saying like, they're still stuck in the same place, whether it's for a year, five years, 10 years, that comfort from them making you laugh or having a good time, being able to be comfortable. Yeah, you know that's that like word, it, comfort. It, it, it stagnates us. Yeah. We're not able to grow or be as progressive as we need to be. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. And I think I like, that's held us back. I like challenges. Yeah. You like challenges? I like a challenge. So by the next episode, right, mm-hmm. we're going to have a list of 20 people we cutting off. 20 people. And we're going to list, we're going to say their names. Mm-hmm. And we go. <laughs> now that's a challenge. <laughs> that's a challenge. <laughs> First and last names. They already know. They already and know. That's the thing is that, that they know. You may not, you don't have to tell nah, them. They that's know. That's true. That's true. They know. That's true. We took a, I'm not going to talk they about know. that. <laughs> people know. But, but people, damn. Shit. So, it's hard. I think we talked about this before. It's, it's hard to have male friends as a alpha male. Yeah. As a as a man that knows what he wants mm-hmm. and achieves what he goes after, yeah, Yo, that word intimidation, bro, that's a big one. Is it's a is big one. Real, yeah. That word, uh, which one should I use? That word, feeling inferior, mm-hmm. is real. Yeah. So yeah. it's like. They'll say that they're with you. They say they rock with you, but they ain't really with you. They just there for the ride. Right. They didn't saying like we could go out to the club, to the not to the club, but to the bar, or even take a trip together or hang out. Yeah. They'll shake their head. Yeah. They'll agree with you. Right. They'll throw some ideas out, whatever the conversation is, but they're really plotting against you. And plotting against you doesn't mean they have an opposite. Agenda, right? It's just they're just not for you. Yeah, I, I think part of it too is just like it, there's stages to life. 
you know, like as we get older, like I think about even like there's some people that I was tight with in high school that listen, you know, like real tight in the trenches. But, you know, it's like you go away, you see a different side of life, you start doing different things. And then when you come back five years later, they still doing the same things that they did in high school. Same conversations. Yeah, same conversations, same block. And it's kind of like, well. And you still selling weed, buddy? Yeah. (laughs) But then they look at you and they're like, oh. You still selling nickel bags? Yeah. And it's like, oh, man, you changed on us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Right? I, I like it. I like change. Yeah, change is good. And then you give them another five years and they're still doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And now... Oh, at, you think you better than me? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah no, you know, but it's nah, like... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we, we've, 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 like, left the, the same path. For sure, for sure. And that's, that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, even, like, there were some conversations we had last year at my 20-year reunion where it's like... Some of the homies that came with us first time they met my wife, you know, and they was like, yo, you know, super cam, blah, 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 this, that, and the third. You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of like, you know, you know, my wife is, mm-hmm. tell me about so-and-so. Well, you know, it was a different, mm-hmm. that was a different era. That was a different time. And I could not, like, once you choose where you want to go as a man, especially as a man, once you choose where it is that you're going to go, Instantly, you probably drop eighty percent of your friends for as sure. soon as you decide sure. where you want to go. For sure, because you got to pick up new friends to get there. You know what I'm saying? So think think of a rocket ship, right? Mm-hmm. The, the oh. higher the higher it goes to to reach its destination, and even the destination is not its final destination. Yeah, right. The higher it goes, the more weight it gotta they gotta drop. It gotta drop. Yeah, and it ain't never gonna get to its destination carrying all that weight. Right. Is is yeah the weight is needed on ground level to help propel you mm-hmm. to help them saying that push. That's a great analogy. So it's like I I I don't talk to nobody from high school. Yeah. You think about it. I talked to one person from high school. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And uh, aside from him, and I was I was third in line for for Mister Popular. Mm-hmm. In uh, the yearbook, yeah. the Jiggy. yeah. I don't talk to nobody. Nah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nah. So, so, it's, so it's like I, I appreciate. So I'm not really on Facebook. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But when I do take a peek at it, yeah, I appreciate seeing. You know I'm saying some folks that are doing good. Fair. But majority of them are not. Fair. You know what I'm saying. Um, I don't know. Like I, 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 I often say. My high school experience wasn't a good experience. Yeah. It wasn't fair to me or any of the other students. Right. But I appreciate that. Yeah. Because it gave me the drive and the passion that I have now to them saying, be as community driven. Yeah. To be, you know what I'm saying, like, involved in education, involved in, in the economics, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, the circling of, of funds, of money. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, Interesting, man. It is. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just think people got to be okay with letting letting folks go, mm-hmm. and that ain't always friends. Sometimes that's family too. That's family too. You know, you gotta let some people go I, because. In, Sorry, mama. I know you. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
some sometimes you just gotta let people go, and and sure. and you can let them know, like yo, this this ain't about no, you know, no hate. Or any like, bro. You even gotta let them know. Though. Yeah. Like to your point. Yeah. You, you don't have it. to. They know. Yeah. They, they know. They, they know. But they know, because they they look at you. And the thing is, like, like yeah, there's a conversation to be had about things like brain drain and this and that. But there's also a conversation. Well, to a community, oh, right? Okay. But there's also a conversation to be had about, like, there's a certain environment that certain things thrive in, mm-hmm. right? Like you take, you take for instance a a freaking. I'm trying to think of a. You take a leopard, an African leopard, right? And he could survive in the American South because of the climate. It's temperate, right? It's you know it's not necessarily dry like the desert, but you put an African leopard in in Texas and they'll probably become the apex apex predator in ten years, right? But you take that same leopard. Bring that nigga up to Cleveland or to Boston. Yeah. <laughs> you put them somewhere like Cleveland, Boston, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> they dying out. First year, they gone. They yeah. dead, right? Because the, envir- the environment is not conducive to their success. And it's the same way with people. And we have to understand, like, if this kid is a potential Rhodes Scholar, then if I notice that or if, if like, you identify that a child is, like, an amazing scholar, Somehow or another, you have to find a way to get him supplemental education because the public school system in the inner cities is not going to support his growth, right? But we so stuck on every time y'all feel like y'all got some potential or y'all make some money, y'all take it out the hood, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I can do a lot better if you let me go somewhere where the environment allows me to grow and then I can come back, just like your rocket ship analogy right i gotta drop that weight to get to the moon but whatever i bring back science whatever scientific advancements or whatever it is i bring back from space guess where i gotta land right back where i started right and you know what i appreciate too like more and more where a lot of like black schools mm-hmm. are popping up yeah I really, alternative schools yeah i really really appreciate that it's I one had, school in particular i wish would open but you know Yay school? Nah, not that one. <laughs> it's the doctor, good doctor. Yeah. <laughs> well, he say he's, hey. Yeah, you need 250. I, I ain't seen no, no pictures <laughs> or no deed yet. <laughs> I definitely donated because I believe in the cause. Hey, you got but some I'm, of my money. But but I, I do appreciate that more and more black yeah. schools are, are popping up. I'm a fan of that. And we need to put, you say, more attention um, to those, yeah, and shit, put our dollars towards them as well. I'm a fan of that. I get two, three dollars, yeah, you know, donate some sandwiches, yeah, for lunch. I'm a fan of it. I think I think we need more of that because mm-hmm. it, it is a it's an taking our kids out of the system, mm-hmm. and so this one like Candace Owens, right? Like she's you know people hate Candace Owens, liberals hate her. Yeah, I, I fuck with her. Yeah, <laughs> she said something about the schools. Yo, she. Aside from her trolling, cause she yeah, be trolling. She, she trolling. She's smart. She's good. But I, I think, yeah, I fuck with her. Yeah. That conversation about the schools. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know what? Because they're not learning. I mean, I got clients who are, like, I have a couple I work with. Both of them work for the local school system. 
And we were talking today, and one of them was like, literally, like, yo, I'm glad you came by. Right? And I'm like, well, yeah, you know, let's talk about getting this house. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? I'm sorry, what, what, what do you do for? Do I'm a real estate agent, of course. But I'm like, let's get this house on the market. Let's talk. Okay. And they like, well, yeah, we want to talk about that, too. But, you know, all you got to do is go down to the school, and they'll hire you as a teacher today. Damn. You know what I'm saying? It's like, don't you got a master's degree? Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can get hired today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in my mind, I'm like, uh, I seen what y'all make. Mm-hmm. Y'all public employees. Yeah, yeah. Nah. The and good thing, know. though, the good thing is, yeah. you'll have three months off. I have three months off. The wrong three, but I, I mean, the summers would be nice off. Saying, but I love yeah, the fall. Vacations, though. But no, nah, but just thinking about, like, yo, like, I think the Lord's pressing that upon your heart. No, he's not. You don't speak for him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's why he brings a prophet. You see my sandals, I'm shaking them off right now. <laughs> that's why that's why he brings a prophet to speak. But um, no, nah, I mean let's say it's the Lord. Thirty two kids in a fifth grade classroom. That's normal though. That shouldn't be. Shit to me it is. <laughs> to me it is too. But But it shouldn't you're right, it shouldn't be normal. Go to Providence Day. Oh, it's a different world. You're having like 10 to 12 kids in the class. Come on. Right? They ain't even got to go to some of the charter schools that's getting public funding, which is coming out of our public system. Yeah. Ain't got 30 kids in the classroom. Right? Mm -hmm. We got to do something. I mean, but like if we can get some of these alternative schools for, you know, I think we'll be doing a lot better. What else is going on before we get out of here? We got about 10 minutes where we need to Man. play the wrap-up music. Yo, you have like a milestone, like age, that either you're looking forward to or had? Mm. So when I was tw- 21 was a big age for me. Okay. Because I wanted to be able to just go to the club. Like, mm. forget it. I mean, you know, I was living in Georgia, so, you know, the clubs was dope. That was the age... 25 just felt like some like maturity thing. 30 when I when I turned 30, I heard I heard somebody say, "Yeah, once you get in your 30s, you start to earn most men start to earn more money than they've ever learned earned in their lives." So 30 was a big one. I don't know at this point, I don't think I like 40 is is cool, but I don't think I'm like looking forward to it. Maybe 50, I don't know. 50 feels big. I don't know. Maybe at 50, I'll buy me an old car to fix up. Mm. You know? Okay. But I, I don't think should, I really have a milestone. Should we start a club? A club? Yeah. Of uh, 50? What, what am 50, I starting? 50 plus. So we going to start a club. Uh, yeah, you going to hit 50 before me? I am going to hit 50 before you, Lord willing. Damn. <laughs> it is his will. Let's stop saying Lord willing. Right. His will. I plan on it. Yeah. It's his will. It's going to happen. But yeah, I I, I want to have an old, uh, old school club where we just drive around to escape home. Yeah. You got to have somewhere to go. We got to have some par- some place to meet. We're like a diner or something. Yo, who was it that said their dad or a comedian who was like his dad uh-huh. his dad been married for like 50, 60 years. Yeah. Whatever, whatever that many years. But he bought a gas station a uh, uh, Broken down gas station <laughs> just for him and his guys to meet <laughs> to escape their wives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so he's like, yo, you know, on Saturdays he be driving by there. 
And they all just <laughs> out there with their cars drinking Bud Lights and talking <laughs> shit. Doing the same thing every Friday. Every Friday, man. Yo, when I lived in Georgia, there was this diner. And they didn't serve really nothing but like burgers and hot dogs. Mm-hmm. But on Fridays, all these retired dudes would come out the woodwork. Yeah. It'd be like 75 classic cars out Golly. there. And, um, yo, I, I used to have a, it's not a, well, it's a classic. No, it wasn't a classic then. It was an old school muscle car. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one Friday I was pulling up and, um, my windows were tinted and stuff. They thought I was pulling up as part of the group. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, nah, I'm parking over yeah. there. <laughs> but nah, I don't know. What's your age? What's your milestone age? Oh, man. If I could have a, a, a therapy moment right now. But it's really 37, bro. That's that's uh, pretty current. Coming up soon. Yeah, it's coming up. It's coming up soon. Um I just been having a lot of anxiety around it, and I, I, I um, was chopping it up with one of my brothers, and you know I shared it with him, and you know we have like different plans that we're we're building on, and he's like, "Yo, you really gotta address that." And for me, I'm like, "Yo, I just gotta make it three. Yeah. And he's like, "Nah, bro, you, you really, really gotta gotta address that. Gotta do something. Um, so my dad died at 37, mm. which is super, super, super young. Yeah, right? very young. Um. But I've, I've always felt his pressures on my shoulders mm. for raising his children. Obviously not raising my children. Yeah. And it's like, well, shit. I, and he died suddenly. Right. So that's what's... <laughs> yeah. Makes man, every day more meaningful. Bro, my man died, died suddenly. Yeah. Wasn't sick. Um, there was no signs, mm-hmm. no warnings. Um, so it just has me, it just had me thinking like, yo, about, about purpose, about, am I, about being happy? Like, yo, am I happy? So like, <clears throat> especially like these past few weeks, um, and because of work, I've had rough days. Yeah. Um, Every morning I wake up, bro, I keep asking myself, yo, are you happy? Mm. All right, cool, we going to get happy. Yeah. And I just think of the whether it's, because I listen to a lot of comedy, whether it's a joke mm-hmm. or I find something amusing. Like if I if I just took a shower the night before, took my drawers off, and I'm like, damn, nigga, you got some ass last night? <laughs> <laughs> like to myself. like Yeah. So I, I find reasons to... And, and things, simple things, to make me laugh in the morning. Because right. if you can rule the morning, you can rule your day. Then I'm saying I start, I start with my my best made every morning. Yeah, I start winning in the morning. But I'm saying like, am I fulfilling my purpose now? Mm. Am I am I happy? Right. Another thing is I'm saying like, no fault to my dad, but shit, I ain't, I ain't, ain't no inheritance. Yeah. Saying there wasn't no life insurance, yeah, <laughs> none of that, no money, so, no nothing. So that's another pressure that I feel like I have. Like, yo, I gotta start this process, this pattern, this um, this uh, this thing called wealth. Yeah, I, I, it's on my shoulders. Yeah, because I have the information and I have the the resources. Right. So it's like, I don't know. I just feel, I just feel the pressure, man. I just feel the pressure. Yeah. 
I, I think it's pretty common pressure. Yeah. You know, I think it's pretty common. And I, a saying that I have, and I'm gonna give you an example. Um, then, then we could call it a rap. I'm not afraid to die. Yeah. Right. I'm not afraid to die. I believe the moment you stop fearing death, mm. you can start to live. Mm. That's big. The the moment you're not afraid of what's on the other side, yeah. you can embrace life and its challenges. You can embrace life and and and, and explore. Right. You know what I'm saying. And I found one of most people I tell this story to is like, yo, you're crazy, blah, blah. But with jet skiing in Miami mm -hmm. and I went out, like out, out. Yeah. Like everybody on the shore is looking like looking like the sand and ants. <laughs> right? Way, way out. Then I hit a I hit a wave or a current and the boat, the um the, uh, jet ski tipped over. Mm. You would have died. You would have had a heart attack. I probably would have been out there, bro. <laughs> I would have been out. I'm telling you. Bro, I look down because I'm trying not to panic. Yeah. So I look down. And I'm like, I hope those are fish. Yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. Thing. Oh, shit. There's three of them. There's sharks. Mm -hmm. Bro. Yeah. So as, as the more I'm trying not to panic, I'm like, yo, I'm glad they're sharks because dolphins will flip your ass over. Yeah. So the sharks do the same. So I, I I flipped the jet ski back over and I'm just sitting there like, yo, this is definitely one of the best days of my life. Mm -hmm. And not to say that I can't, I can't, I don't know the intentions of the sharks, but most black people, yeah. most, they don't fuck with the water for nah, one. Can't swim. They can't swim. Can't swim. And they damn sure ain't going out to the middle of the ocean. Right. And they going to freaking panic and freak out. They see some sharks. That's facts. You know what I'm saying so. So, um, I that's probably one of my my favorite, favorite, favorite. I got other exciting stuff that happened to me. Yeah. But like because I was able to fulfill something, not fulfill, but experience something that that's out of the ordinary. Some may say I look death in the face, blah blah. But um, but it was beautiful. And from that moment on, I'm like, yeah, I gotta live life. Yeah. That's dope. Live life. E even if death is below me. Even if the death is in front of me, just gotta live, gotta live and be happy. Yeah. And I stayed out there, but when I got back, boy, did the niggas hear my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> boy, did they hear my? Y'all ain't see me out there dying. <laughs> like, nah, you chilling? We thought you were good. Y'all was in the water for like forty-five minutes. <laughs> Yo, I would have freaked out, you know. But that, I mean, that's interesting that you say that though. That's that's dope. That's a good lesson. I mean, you know, people can can glean something from that. Like, I like how you said that when you lose the fear of dying, then you can start to live. You know, that's 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 a whole different conversation. We need to write that down. Yeah. Natasha, you got it. I got it. That's a whole different episode we got to do right there. But um, no, nah, this has been fun. Absolutely, this has been fun. We we hit a lot of different things, and. Uh, I think we had a good conversation. I, I, I drunk, I drunk way more bourbon than y'all, so I'm a little disappointed. I don't think you did. I think I did. I promise you, I don't think you uh, did. Nah, nah. I'm not saying I've been watching. I just poured that for you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, you know, but you know, ain't nobody counting. I mean, the bar is almost halfway. 
But I, I will say you can finish the bottle if you want. So so you know if y'all listening, you know make sure you critique these next couple of episodes. It's Natasha's trial run. It's the, all the pressure. In Listen, fact, all in the fact, pressure is on her. In fact, we gonna bring her on mic the next time. Yeah, we got it. She she's like gun. She's kind of shy, it seems. But she's super shy. Yeah, we'll we have to have an episode with. Let's bring a couple of introverts on. That would be. That could that could make for some boring ass radio. <laughs> you know, the first law of radio is no silence. <laughs> I disagree though. Let let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Yeah. So I know a lot of introverts. Yeah. And they are very it's it's not that they're quiet because mm. they don't have anything to say. Yeah. They're very selective mm. in, in in what they say. So once that right moment comes along for them to say something, right? We just got to learn how to communicate, introverts. You know, I I hear you. So while you shooting them down, listen, I I, I support the introvert community. Hey, I'm cool with introverts. So do they got a flag? You know, I I saw this flag the other day. Mm-hmm. It was just like, it was like a uh, you know the bubble, the quote bubble. Mm-hmm. With nothing in it, <laughs> you know, I saw that, and then I saw this other flag with two oh, people shit, sitting yeah. in the room, trying not to look at each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, that might be the introvert flag. That might be introvert that flag. Might, that might be it. Oh shit! But no, nah, I think <laughs> I think that would be dope. Yo, they got these cars. Ah man, and man, we just rambling now. Anyway, look. We appreciate y'all for joining us. I like a good ramble. Yeah. I was, yeah. I got ideas. This was great. Absolutely. I had a good time, man. I did too. Man, as always, thank you for tuning in to the King's Table, where it's all about bourbon. Brotherhood. Breaking bread, baby. Yes, sir.